podcast. Welcome to the Queer Arabs podcast. This is Alia. And Ali. And we are the Queer Arabs. I'm Alia. I'm Saudi, half Saudi, and a lesbian. And I'm Ellie. I am bi, trans, Lebanese, and we are recording in America. And the fact that we are not going to edit this segment proves that we do this live every time. We have some Canadian friends on with us. They are Queer Arabs. That's their Twitter handle. And it was so exciting to find each other. So we are the Queer Arabs on Twitter and social media. They are Queer Arabs. So we thought we need to connect with them. We're kind of fans of each other. And yes, it's super exciting to we, talk to them. They've retweeted us. Yes, and I've retweeted them. Oh, God, we're already getting incestuous. <laughs> Queer Arabs of Halifax. Yes, of Halifax, yes. So we have two members of Queer Arabs of Halifax on, and they're in Halifax, as you can guess. Um, can you tell the listeners about your group? Well, introduce yourselves and tell the listeners about your group, like what it is, what it's about. Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Leanne. I am born and raised in Jordan, but I moved here to Halifax when I was 18. So that was like back in 2002. Um, proud to say that I'm 34. I'm not ashamed. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my name is Tamim. I am Syrian, born in Saudi, who lived uh, also in Jordan, and then moved to Canada about nine years ago. And I became a Canadian this year. Ooh. And I'm also Congratulations. Congrats. Not ashamed to say that I'm 33, so I'm young. Yeah. <laughs> My age. Yes. Good club to be part of. Yeah. He's turning 34 soon. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. in the same, same yeah. age range. Yeah, we're all cool. And yeah. uh, uh, I met Alia through the group about Who's three Alia years me? ago. Sorry. Leanne. <laughs> 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 we have Too another many L's in our names. We actually have an Alia and an Ellie, or Ellie, actually, in our group. So. Whoa, this is getting weirder and weirder. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, my like God. It's, it's like we found our Canadian counterparts. I love it. What's the, like? What's your group about? Can you tell them about it, uh, the listeners about it? So the group is basically a social group. So I like it started off as a support group for other queer Arabs or people who are questioning their gender and sexuality in the city because Halifax is pretty white it's a pretty white town and like most of the things like most of the areas are segregated so like you have like the African Nova Scotian community is living in certain areas and like it's predominantly white and the indigenous community lives in other areas so when I started the group I found myself like, or before I started the group, like, I found myself extremely lonely, and I felt like nobody gets me, and, like, what I'm about. It was, it was weird trying to separate being queer and being Arab, and then having, like, a different faith than everyone else. Like, I identify as Christian, but I know a lot of Muslims in the group also are struggling with, I'm Muslim, I'm queer, I'm Arab, what the hell? So that's one of the reasons why I basically started the group. So we don't meet as often as we should. We've been pretty busy this year with our personal lives, but we tend to just hang out, eat, and just like have a good time so far. Just yeah, space for ourselves. Yeah, we are just like forcing ourselves to create the space. So did you start this, Leon, did you start this group um, on your own or with other people? I came up with this all on my own. Um, I actually came up with it a few years before I actually started it, um, I was dating this other queer Arab, but long distance, and she was kind of shitty to me. And when I mentioned oh. that I want to start this group, uh, she's like, nah, like, it's not worth it. You don't need it. And I was like, you are like, now nah, we're done. Peace out, home slice. Lame. Uh, yeah. Anyway, she's Republican. Let's not talk about that. Oh, why? Just, oh, why? just why? Oh my gosh. Like, that's so that's so bizarre she wouldn't support that idea. Yeah, I no comments. <laughs> We're over. But uh, it took me a while to get the courage to start it because I was like, is this the right choice? What will happen if people find out and I get backlash from the Arabic community? Yeah. Like those are like things I was stressing out over. And then one day a friend of a friend sat me down. She's like, I have to tell you something. And I was like, Oh, here you go. This girl's going to come out to me. It's going to be great. And <laughs> basically made me guess it out of her. It's like, okay, I know you're gay. Just like, let's get it over with. Let's just start hanging out and create other spaces for 
for other people. So because she was really struggling, she's like, I don't know how to be gay and be an Arab and like live in this community because like, especially with my parents living here. I'm like, well, how about this? How about we start something? You can come over, we can hang out, you can be gay as much as you want here, and then you can go back to your straight self when you go home. So that's like the reason I started it. So I started putting up posters in Arabic uh, on like one of the most popular streets in Halifax. And wow. <laughs> yeah, one, uh, one person emailed me back immediately as soon as I put, posted the poster, and that's how we started. <laughs> yeah, I, I came across uh, an online posts uh, somewhere but i didn't make much out of it until until later when we get to talk about what happened with halifax pride that's how i got them involved uh, with the group more often mm-hmm. yeah so so good you started this i know i know that feeling of being freaked out thinking okay is yeah. this like what are the repercussions going to be how much of the arab community is going to find out about this i relate to that feeling so much I also was a little bit of a shithead and I posted the posters right in front of like the Arabic Christian churches and the mosques. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> they were torn down immediately, but whatever. I was like, haha, that got at least like it grabbed some attention. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. And hopefully someone at least someone who needed to see it saw it. Yeah. Uh, I- well, on the upside, it may have been somebody tearing it down so they know where knew where to go. <laughs> Like, yeah. I, I gotta know. I just, I don't have my phone. Just rip. Yeah, totally. Yeah. We'll go <laughs> with that. As a person who did not have anything to start the group, but like, uh, I'm a person who, who needed that space. I remember like I coming to Halifax, I come from a Muslim background and I couldn't find my space. I started like trying to find spaces among like white queer people here, but I didn't truly find my space. And I was always shying away from trying to be in Arab circles or like meeting Arab people. I was trying to avoid that, uh, those circles, because in my mind, like Arab equal homophobic, you know, homophobic um, circles. And then slowly I moved away from my Muslim background. And then I found that there are actually some spaces that uh, champion both uh, queer people and Muslim. Like there's the Unity Mosque in Toronto and others. But at that point, I really was looking for something that shine a light on my just being queer and Arab, mostly. That's why, like, then I joined the group and it was just this great space. I never had, like, Arab friends in Halifax who I can feel like we are a family here, right? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, because otherwise you feel like you have to hide a part of yourself. And that, and that then is you, super stressful. Yeah, uh, and you, you don't really get to know people. Yeah. On a deep level. And there's also the fact that if you do come out, especially to family, you're stuck with them forever. And they're going to be shitty to you forever in some cases. In some cases, yes. Yeah. 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 You, you know. Not always, but sometimes, yeah, it's definitely you know, not a that I have fear. any personal experience with this None whatsoever. None at all. None at all. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I so relate to that relief of finding that kind of space, that group where you don't have to separate those two things, those two aspects of yourself you get to combine them it's such a novelty still to me and you can cuddle with your girlfriend while talking with all your friends at a big you know family-ish social get-together and munch on hummus and all the good food you love (laughs) talk about the tv shows that we watch together like all the jokes that we get and (laughs) we have inside jokes though to me and i so (laughs) same weird stuff so it's great yeah when like the first meeting honestly just seeing the look on like the people who showed up for the first meeting and everyone looked so happy to be there so much more than like, this is what I was meant to do. That's amazing. <laughs> How big is the group now about? I actually don't know. There are like, I want to say like, there's about 10 of us who are like very, very involved. I want to say 10, is it 10? Maybe. Um, and like the rest, they're mostly new here. So, and they, they want to be part of the group but they're still like very unsure. So when we still invite them to events and, and like to come hang out with us, but if they don't show up, like we're not putting pressure on them. Like I try not to pressure people yeah. to showing up. I'm not kind of Arab. <laughs> so uh, we're just letting them have their space until like they're comfortable and to come out with us. And so far, what has, like what kinds of things has your group focused on? What have we focused so, on? So aside from like social gatherings, we have put out solidarity statements here and there. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
We're writing one for Beirut Pride right now. Ooh, fancy. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm sure you've heard of what happened to Yeah. Yeah. See our previous episodes for <laughs> updates on what happened to the Beirut Pride organizer yeah. this year. Just for listeners who don't know, um, the the organizer, I think it was the organizer of Beirut. Lead organizer. Yeah, the lead organizer of Beirut. The Pride in Beirut was arrested, I believe. And, and tortured and basically made to sign a statement saying that he wouldn't do it this year. Yeah. That's kind of Beirut. Yeah. So the, yeah. the the tolerant city of the Middle East, so so called tolerant city of the Middle East, yeah, exactly. That's uh, important that they they get messages from other queer Arabs around the world that you know they're not alone. So that's that's awesome. Um, you've also mentioned when we were talking, you mentioned that you've done some speaking about the pink washing. Can you can you get into that a little bit? Oh, for sure. So pinkwashing is basically started as an anti-breast cancer movement, like not necessarily anti-breast cancer movement, but like the whole point of like they like all these companies are painting like their appliances or like talking about breast cancer, but painting everything pink, but like not actually donating to research or like yeah. supporting. Yeah. yeah, donating, supporting research. But lately, um, it's been taken over by the queer community, especially when you have organizations or companies that are using like they're marching down in parades and saying oh my god gay pride we love the gays or like trans people but have policies that actually harm gay and trans folks yeah like like discriminate against uh, hiring um, like trans people and you mentioned mm -hmm. the, this in one of your previous episodes the corporatiz corporate corporatization of pride and rainbow so, washing the same term pink washing is just yeah, yeah. Polishing the image of the company on, on, on our backs, you know? So um, lately, pinkwashing has been used as um, a campaign to show folks how Israel is mistreating Palestinians, especially like also queer, uh, queer Palestinians by promoting like how gay friendly they are and how like it's a, like Tel Aviv Pride is such a gay haven and everyone comes there. But at the same time, they are dehumanizing uh, Arabs and Palestinians and showing them as like where the uh, they're othering us, like by saying, uh -huh. like, oh, look at us, we're like so progressive, we have yeah. all these great things for gay people, but and then look at them, they they don't have it, they hate the gays, they kill the gays, blah blah blah. Yeah, they treat it as uh, like Israel is this um, oasis in the in, in the middle of the desert, uh, surrounded by like uh, its Arabic enemies. And barbarians. barbarians and then then you get to hear those confirmed reports of like them using queer uh palestinians um as spies against mm -hmm. um they, they them like that we like outing them they know it's going to be problematic for them so they use it against them and this is just one thing of like many things that israel is known for its human rights abuses so the, the term pink washing can be applied here also as like the the, the country itself is, is using it as a political way to to polish its image uh, by appealing to gay community around the world mm -hmm. and hide its human rights abuses mm -hmm. yeah uh so more of that wonderful hey the muslims are coming to kill you and all you gay people so you should hate the arabs too or hate the muslims too or hate the brown people too exactly, exactly. yeah seems like, to be the running theme of this year we are your friends like you should mm -hmm. be our we are your we are your ally, you know, like <laughs> Yeah, unlike those other the others. Yeah. But like outside of Tel Aviv, like even gay Israelis have a hard time like being out and proud. Like I think uh a few years ago I think Jerusalem had a pride and a few people got like stabbed by mm -hmm. um a religious Jew because like they were opposed so opposed to like homosexuality. So yeah, it's just like yeah. outside of Tel Aviv, it's not that great either. <laughs> So we can, I think, segue now into what actually happened here in Halifax <laughs> about pinkwashing. Shit went down. <laughs> Ooh, tell us. I came up with this brilliant idea to have a pinkwashing, anti-pinkwashing campaign oh, two years ago. And I got the support of a lot of folks in the community to go ahead with this campaign, specifically um, the BIPOC community. So BIPOC is a term that we use in 
in Nova Scotia, meaning black, indigenous, and people of color. Uh -huh. So mostly I, we got the support from the BIPOC community to go ahead and they were like fully backing us up. Um, so we went and talked to Halifax Pride um, about it because like they're doing the community, um, what is it called? The, yeah, the, the community. community fair. So yeah. if we can just back it up a little bit, it's been going on for years that after each Pride parade, they have this big community fair where they allow different groups to table and just give out pamphlets or, you know, like freebies and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's meant to be just a family friendly event. And for years they have been um, allowing a group uh, specifically, um, what was it called? Um, it's it's affiliated it with Tourism Israel. Yeah, Brand Israel. Yeah, yeah. and they would give flyers that exactly what we just talked about, like, oh, this is the gay heaven and just promoting tourism in Israel and uh, which we deem clearly as pinkwashing. Yeah. Like it was to the point where I was like, I stopped going, attending any pride events because I'm just that uncomfortable being there. Mm. Um, so we went and talked to them about it. I'm like, you know, like you want us to be more involved um, in pride. Um, that was like, actually we met, we met with them like right after like pulse happened. So I was like, okay, you wanted us to apologize. I'm using quotations around the word apologize yeah. for the Muslim did in the in the club, which is like still horrifying that what happened in Pulse. But like, why are you expecting the Arabs to come up and apologize um, for something that we have no part in? Yeah. Uh, so I was like, okay, fine. You want us to do this? You're gonna have to do this for us. So we sat down. We talked to them about like how harmful it is to have that group there, especially for like queer Arabs of color. Um, yeah. And like seeing that it's like, it immediately makes us feel uncomfortable and unsafe. Um, so they're like, no, 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 you have to go through it. Like they said, like they denied us like okay. too soon to pry. So they denied us uh, the, request. Uh, the request to get them to remove that uh, like information. Uh, so they're like, oh, you should do it at the AGM. What is the AGM? It was when was it? It was like a few months October, after. October two years ago. Oh no, sorry. What is the idea? Oh, uh, annual general meeting. Annual general. Oh, meeting. got it, got it. When the, all members of the Halifax Brides meet and like we just vote on like policy changes or what? Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, so they said to bring in a motion for the AGM, mm -hmm. which we did. <laughs> I wasn't there for the AGM because I had school and homework and exams at the time. So Pamim was there. He'll go into it a bit more <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna bug you with all the details but basically uh we had this motion forward uh, to be voted on and and motions had to be announced i think weeks in advance for everyone in the community yeah. uh, the members of halifax pride to 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 know what's what's going to be voted on on agm mm -hmm. and go up so it uh, it caused a lot of uproar uproar because they deemed it as the quote-unquote uh, anti-semitic mm. that are targeting uh the jewish minority yeah. by requesting that um i don't remember the exact word but it's in the gist of it is that um we were requesting that uh halifax pride does not allow any pinkwashing material to be uh, distributed uh, under its watch among these along these lines yeah and um, yeah, so what happened is that there was a lot of buildup towards um, the AGM, the, the group that were, were tabling and uh, they wanted to protect their table and their pamphlets and like their pink washing. They rallied uh, pretty much everyone in their community to show up. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I kid you not, like we didn't do a count, but like it was overwhelming, like. There was a lot of straight people in the room that day that should not oh. <laughs> have been there. Yeah. And Halifax Pride um, opened up the membership on that day to anyone just show up and just be a member. They also allowed non-LGBT people to, to be able to vote. And so they took a lot of steps that uh, made this AGM a disaster. And uh, we ended up being like, the, the motion ended up being voted uh, down because they had just hundreds and hundreds of people who came and voted it down and we were just outnumbered as just a small minority yeah as soon as the motion was voted down literally every single queer people uh person sorry 
up and moved and left the the AGM. They're like, we're done. We cannot like this is not unacceptable. It was wow. wild. Yeah, a lot of queer people yeah. left, and then they kept the meeting going. They kept voting on other motions that were also like important to us, and it, it just like went from from bad to worse to worse to worse, and. <laughs> It was it was very emotional to say I was very uh, it was very difficult to be there it was very um I can't come up with the words but like I felt very unsafe I felt very uncomfortable I felt like I'm being surrounded and outnumbered and my voice is not going to be heard and they they literally had like CEOs millionaires I remember like people who came and tried to sway the votes against us you know like they they brought people who are not supposed to be in a Halifax pride meeting and also like a background on that group they don't have they don't support the queer jewish community in nova scotia as well like it caused a lot of queer jews to come out and be like i'm actually a queer person and you've never supported me like we, the whole point of the motion is like can we not focus on international anti like what is it um human rights violations and focus more on like creating community here like why aren't you creating like a queer Jewish community support group for the queer Jews who are coming out or the trans Jews or trans Jews. And now they were like not having it. Like they were extremely like harmful to their own community members too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I would say that day uh, was monumental for our group. We're Arts of Halifax that put us more into, I think what we came out with uh, from that day, we, 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 I was there with a few members of our group and we felt like a huge defeat. We felt like we, I felt like I was punched in the face and the chest multiple times. I like, I was just like dragging myself. But I think what we took from that is that uh, one thing that it just brought us more to spotlight. Yeah. Um, and after that, maybe you can shed a light on like how they then communicated with us. And uh, Well, they actually, uh, emailed one of our one of the other admins in the group. Um, they emailed him personally to his own personal email to apologize. So they haven't publicly apologized to the group about what happened, but they apologized uh, to the entire queer community about how the AGM went down, and they said that they feel really bad and stuff like that. So that was like really shitty and shady. So the next year, uh, we actually everyone's like, so what are we doing? We said. We're boycotting Pride, obviously. So a lot of folks actually boycotted Pride. Like everyone released statements boycotting Pride and what they were trying to do. Uh, but Pride at the same time was emailing different people from the BIPOC group and offering them money to perform at Pride. So basically like they're swaying like these marginalized community members who are struggling and trying to find work and whatever uh, to perform at Pride and like put them against us. So like they were trying to divide our, like the BIPOC group, um, which was really shady as well. Ended up bringing in like queers of colors from outside of Nova Scotia in order to come perform. Do you like, look at us, we're POC friendly. Look at us, we have like all these like cool bands from like Toronto come in to perform. Uh, one band member actually emailed me personally and she's like, yo, can I wear my Palestinian flag dress and perform? I'm like, you do you, boo, but yes, please. So she did as like a controversial moment. Uh, and that was like really cool. She's like, We're, yeah, some people haven't, still haven't been paid by Pride for performing, like folks of color. Funding has been like, they promised them certain fundings and then they like, like, nah, we're gonna give you just maybe like $2,000 instead of like $10,000, stuff like that. So yeah, so they're not the shady, they're the shadiest group ever I've met. Yeah, yeah. So, so we boycotted and uh, it wasn't just us, there were other groups, other community groups that released statements of boycott in solidarity with us, which was really great uh, to see it from yeah. other groups that are not queer Arabs. Uh, and then we just did our own. We thing. did our own dance party. Yeah, we hosted our own dance party. Um, yeah, it was awesome. It, it was <laughs> the best night ever. I was so tired. Uh, it, it was, was so good. We yeah. are planning our second one or third one actually for this Pride season. We're like the anti Pride dance party. Uh, and it's going to be so great. Oh my God. I wish I could go to that. That sounds like so much more fun than Pride. There, July 27th. Oh, shoot. Oh, that's tempting. 
<laughs> Are you going to be here? Yeah, Ellie. Ellie. Oh. Yeah, Ellie, July 27th. We have time. We don't have the time off. We still have... <sighs> I know, I know. We still have the big trip we're going to take, and then we have all the smaller trips, and then the weddings. Weddings. Listen to you and your voice of reason. It's like, look, those are just all our trips <laughs> until October. Anyway, well, oh my god, seriously, that's infuriating. You guys handled that so well, though. We're still angry. Like, we had a meeting with other BIPOC groups yesterday, and a lot of us are still, like, pretty much burnt out from what happened in 2016. <laughs> it's been two years and we're still like, uh, yeah, it just can't even. Well, it, it makes you question everything because you're like, okay, I guess the queer community isn't on my side. No. But it's not even that. It's just this one uh, publicly steered organization, you know, has been hijacked against you. And while, yeah, it does the big public thing, it's not like the representation of the community. Yeah. Especially when it does shit like this. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, like we have a similar thing in Houston with the Pride. We have the big festival, except for it's done beforehand, before the march, and it's the same thing. Yeah. And thankfully, things haven't gotten as gotten like that, but some people do question like whether having all these corporate sponsors and all these outside groups sort of coming into this really make this a pride worth celebrating when the original pride was a protest and a revolt. And what they've experienced yeah. up in Halifax, like this queer community is taking some very clear political stance that's just so unfair. Yeah. I mean, it, and it, it basically favors the, one minority population over another in defense of nationalism, Israeli nationalism. It's just kind of, it's really sad. That, yeah, that's how they painted it at the end as like they're protecting the right of, of a state to, to promote itself over the right of like minority people who feel oppressed by, by seeing these material being circulated and handed out. And I just want to say something that a year before this um, meeting happened, I was with a group of uh, queer activists here, like uh, local queer activists in Halifax, none mm -hmm. particularly, and uh, they wanted to go at the at the festival where the table was 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 being set up there, and we had these small pamphlets that just had like very little like facts about Israel, kind of like to counter uh, measure what they're doing, kind of show people what we deem as the reality is happening. So we stood there by the table. And we started handing out these pamphlets, and um, and uh, we were we were told by the organizers of Halifax Pride at the time to when the, when when it became known to them that we're doing this, they came and they told us to uh, take our stuff and go, and they said uh, you cannot make this, uh, we cannot allow like any political activism or or, or controversy here, uh, yet you're allowing like tourism uh, hmm. Israel to be there. So uh, that that's a political stance. They're well, taking a political exactly. stance by saying that. To be fair, everything is a political stance. Yeah, and um, yeah. it is political. But, like that's that's my, that's a motto that I abide by. Pride is political. You cannot change that. Yeah. I mean, it again, literally started by a revolt, and you know, I think people, I think like. Arabs of Halifax would probably would you feel the same if like say the Assad regime said oh we're, we're came in and like had a little nationalism booth where they're like oh but we're fighting the barbarians the Arab barbarians who want to come in and kill our our gay population we're just defending ourselves mm. you know exactly like no no just, one would stand for that but because just Israel using yeah using the LGBT cause as cause for the, as their own advertising agenda. like yeah. when i see someone telling me yeah but like in syria the education is free isn't that great like that what a great government i'm like oh my but, god <laughs> but like things don't give oh my god assad apologists are some of the worst people or um my favorite is oh iran is such a good place for um trans people i'm like huh? yeah literally the cost of every other queer person's life yeah and it's not even that great and it's just like also like they force like uh gay people to actually like transition right yeah yeah right. like but yeah it's like yeah it's like this one little snippet sounds good on its own but when you start adding in like other relevant facts and details it starts to look pretty shitty which is what i feel like is 
happening with the Israel thing. It's just like they're trying to sell themselves on this one tiny thing that's okay and then, you know, doing this horrible injustice by doing that. Exactly. Yeah, and skewing things to be like, oh, anyone not on our side is obviously anti-Semitic. Anti-gay. Well, well, anti-Semitic because, I mean, I'm people still twist that you know they'll say oh you're against israel that means you're against the jewish population that's not fair that's not a fair correlation to make it's this blanket statement that's being used to just literally shut down any uh any criticism of what is been described by many organizations and activists and even politicians as an apartheid state and yes and what's so infuriating though is that this plays so fucking well with a lot of like the the white activist crowd you know they're like oh well israel is so oppressed and i'm like yeah israel has its problems but it also causes problems too well and they buy into the propaganda of israel being like oh we're so tolerant yeah for they... the gay the gays unlike everyone surrounding us it's like no it's <laughs> Like, this is just nationalistic propaganda. We're tolerant of the white gays, but, like, everyone else, including, like, refugees of color, nah, we're just going to ship them back home where they can die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 To continue on the, the pinkwashing thing, um, mm-hmm. four years ago, uh, actually, let me just backtrack a little bit. There's a group that started, uh, there was a group that started in University of Toronto, in Toronto. Uh, it's called uh, Queers Against... Israeli apartheid and uh, well, this group started in 2008 it shut down a few years ago but during their prime they caused a lot of uh, uproar and like uh, people say controversy but it's just like it's just they it, I would say awareness like they participated in yeah. prides and four years ago it was the world pride in Toronto which happens every four years in a different city in the world mm-hmm. I happened to be there for a friend's wedding it was World Pride. It was actually like a huge pride, the biggest pride festival I've ever seen in my whole life. Probably it was wow. the biggest North America I've ever seen, if I remember correctly. Like a million mm-hmm. people visited Toronto for the festival. Whoa. Anyway, back to my point. At some point, they were not allowed to participate, although they have participated before. But there was a lot of like controversy leading up to the event. And at the end, like to just long story short, they were finally allowed to participate. And then they made this huge banner that uh, I'm sure you probably have seen it before. It's this like four maps of Palestine uh, shrinking uh, year after year. And uh, yeah, I think that sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah and uh, they wrote next to it, uh, you cannot pinkwash this, like the truth, the reality of what what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it's this huge banner um, held up by these gorgeous, big, big pink balloons. And I marched with them at the time. It was, <gasps> it was incredible. It was like oh. one of my favorite moments. Sounds powerful. Touching on that as well, uh, there was a group in Halifax in Dalhousie University. It's called also uh, Queer Students Against Israeli Apartheid, which I became part of at my years in the university here. And we held a lot of awareness campaigns. Um, almost every year in March, there is some um, campaign around no- North America called um, Israel Apartheid Israeli Week. Apartheid Week, where like uh, activists, grassroots campaigns, groups that just do some awareness about what's happening in Palestine. Uh, at the time, we did uh, talks about pinkwashing and um, similar things like what we're talking about today. So uh, I think uh, the Queers Against uh, Apartheid actually is disbanded, the one in Toronto. They're no longer working, but you can find like information on the queersagainstapartheid.org. Oh, okay. So like things they did before. Yeah, yeah and they have so. links to like what is what is apartheid, what is pinkwashing, what Israel's gay uh, public relations campaign is about. Uh, we can send that i'll consider that too yeah. yeah yeah we'll post that on our website i think that's so important people are aware of this mm-hmm. how do you i guess continue to raise awareness about pinkwashing that's a good question and i haven't thought of that uh we haven't been engaging at all with halifax pride but people still ask us so what is pinkwashing um i think uh, 
I think our pals at South House are doing, uh, which is a gender and sexual, the only gender and sexuality center uh, in Halifax. Um, they're doing a sit down and talk about pinkwashing that I'm going to go hang out with. So basically, it's just anyone who has questions about pinkwashing, they can come in and talk to us. Yeah. And uh, just taking awesome. a stance is, is a stance in its own. Yeah. And the fact that you, you talk about it with people, I think that's the most, yeah. that's so important. Exactly. And it's just like, talk the, like last people. year, like after all that happened, Justin Trudeau showed up and he's like, I'm marching the pride. And we were like, this is pink washing oh, wow. on its own right here. And here, cause like, oh, there's still God. like the, the, the gay blood da- ban happening. Like for anyone who wants to donate blood, they're gay, uh, especially gay men. Um, and then there's like, like all these indigenous, uh, like anti-indigenous atrocious, uh, harms and whatever that happened and like there nothing's happening so it's like you're bringing a dude to come walk in the parade yeah uh when all of the shit like you could have easily said nah dude don't come make sure you fix like uh end the, the gay blood right like it's just like a missed opportunity <laughs> oh this is so sad because to us justin trudeau just seems like this god like like, oh my God, if only we had someone like him. But it's good to hear your perspective. I, I understand where you're coming yeah. from. <laughs> no, it's actually good to hear you. I always you. see the nuances here. <laughs> no, but it's like, it's really important for us to hear your perspective. That's really important. We keep that in mind, you know, like, it sounds like there are a lot of problems. Not- oh, yeah. There's a lot of like people who are not a fan of him. <laughs> yeah, like I can go on and on wise, like, I'm not a fan of him, but for other reasons, other topics for other times, um, like corporate taxes, other things that's... Oh, yeah. I think this is so important for us to hear that because I guess it shows propaganda in favor of him. Mm -hmm. It works. It works. Absolutely. When you you come across uh, an article that shows like, oh, Justin Trudeau is running shirtless in the streets of Ottawa. Oh, we see stuff like that all the time. Meanwhile, we are getting our wonderful dear leader who is just making us so thirsty for anything remotely sane he literally put me off fanta for life he just like looks so orange that it makes me think of fanta yeah Yeah, your dude oh oh, yeah Mm. our person i think that's a good example like what we hear is so filtered yeah like uh you don't hear about uh the i think 60 or 70 Probably 72 like indigenous communities in Canada who are still living under um, um, a water advisory, uh, which means they cannot drink tap water. Just like um, Flint, Michigan. Gosh, I did not know about that. It's been going on for years and in some communities for probably decades. Yeah. Where like indigenous teen suicide is like, the, like one of the highest. High. Yeah. Um, and the cases of, of uh, missing and uh, murdered indigenous women, which is also unproportionately high there's all these issues and you know what like recently there has been all this talk about um the detention camps uh that's enforcing which is horrendous um but in of course on a smaller scale but it's also happening here in canada like like yeah in there are there are reports that uh that show that it's happening on albeit on a much smaller scale but it's still there although like the government that they will stop these practices and but then hush hush and then just move on and it shows that the importance of talking to each other like and not, not just not just yeah not and relying not on so the un- news and not yeah. being so unquestionably loving of somebody who shows progressive values on one front right yeah you know. just to back up the reason i asked what are you doing now to uh, i guess perpetuate an awareness of pinkwashing is i wanted to drive home the point of you guys are talking to people individually about it and i think that's one of the most powerful ways to keep the awareness going you know even you talking to us about it and posting on social media about it i just think right now that is that's such a powerful way to get a message across even if you have to boycott pride or something that you would think okay this is a public venue a public platform where i can get that message across even if you're shut out of it it's so great that you have still continued to talk about it and not let them shut down your voice. It makes us even angrier and want us to like talk more about it. So you can't stop a Palestinian woman from talking. Come on. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, <laughs> nice try. <laughs> it's not. I don't. I just speak for for myself. It's not a decision that I like. I took lightly. I mean, boycotting Pride. Like this is our time of the year. You know, like this is where we. Like I participated in Halifax Pride in both like on on the parade itself and as a spectator. And I, regardless of the corporatization, all that. Like I I really enjoy like just seeing. I remember one of your episodes, you mentioned just the positive sides of pride parades and like just holding hands and not being afraid of anything. It's, it means a lot to us coming from like Middle Eastern backgrounds, right? Absolutely. So, but if we can't have it and have, have it like safe and like our members to, to know that they can feel safe and not being targeted by, by these pink washing campaigns, then uh, it's like you just step on your heart and move on, right? Like you just take that yeah. vision and, but then create your own space until maybe someday then you, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Like yesterday's meeting, I don't think that we're ever getting back with, like yeah. we're never going to be friends with those people. They're not getting back together. No, <laughs> but I think there's a, there's a, something's brewing. Um, we might be like doing our own, like sort of festival slash like protests and stuff like that from, like in the future like not necessarily during this pride but like there's talks about like what are we doing like we should start something um i know in the uk in london there's a thing called uk black pride and it's like strictly for like black folks uh, poc folks and it's just like super cool it's, like they have all these performers. like i think there's an arab drag queen like who is like oh super my God. cool and it's like oh i love everything about it so that's what i envision right now for Halifax, um, I know there's a, a Latinx group that are like starting their own dance party as well and their own like nice. community. So it's like things are happening. So we're not alone. <laughs> I mean, like with any queer group, you always have to keep your safety and privacy in mind at the same time. But you also need to be available for people to find you. So like, do you feel like your group has found that balance? um i'm get we're getting there i think um because like like the whole point is like not to out people like when they're not meant to be outed and stuff like that so like the whole point is to create a support group a safe place for them to uh, like for queer arabs or queer north africans to come and hang out and be as gay as they want and then just like put back the the straight suit on and like leave if they want to not out so we try not to mention like our first names, like especially in media here, um, because like sometimes like my mom or dad and Jordan could be re like reading right. the what the hell, what happens here? Uh, <laughs> I love the accent. Thank you. It's like my That's dad's how voice. I it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now. Thanks. <laughs> um, so. I don't know. It's just like we just like in our in the safe space. Like everyone knows their names. We actually like are a bit weird. I think in Lebanon, like the queer community there, like if you're a gay dude, um, you have a feminine name, and if you're like a gay woman, you have like a masculine name. So like I go by Luay sometimes. Like there's oh. like a Yuna and a Yusra. Like you know, like uh -huh. like super fun. <laughs> Shout yeah. us out. It's official now. <laughs> I love that name, actually. Yeah, so, like, uh, we kind of, like, also use those names when we were hanging out as well as, like, a spun. Uh, oh, I love that. Yeah, it's, like, a big thing in, like, the Middle Eastern communities back home, so we just adopted it here. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Maybe maybe Ellie and I should do that sometimes. We We keep our last names under wraps on the podcast for the same reason because we're like if by any chance people google like people in our family were to google us or google the last name and like came across our podcast that would kind of suck oh, totally. <laughs> yeah i i love it i think you you guys have seemed to find a really good balance because you're getting there you're fine yeah you're finding ways to do outreach and um like we yes. Twitter yeah. email. We don't have a Facebook or a website, mostly because I don't have time to manage everything. So <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work. I totally, totally get it. I guess last question before we 
wrap it up. Just to leave people with this, what are some things that you wish the queer community at large understood more about MENA, so Middle East, North, North Africa folks, within the queer sphere? Huh. Um, we exist. Um, mm -hmm. We're a lot of fun. <laughs> we don't fit the template of, of Western queer person. Uh, there are things that don't apply the same way. We come from all different cultures. We we come out different way. We, uh, we even have like different accents and different languages and like different faiths. Like, yeah. uh, like don't like put us in like this one box like Arab equals brown equals Muslim equals terrorist like right someone like uh, a person who is a Baha'i uh, a Baha'i faith we have someone who's Jewish we have someone like a bunch of us are like atheists Atheist. like yeah. uh, we're some of us actually hate eating spicy food or whatever what My what? what some of us are allergic to garlic scandal Scandalous. I don't believe you. I don't believe any of this. <laughs> I live with it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah. So don't paint us with one uh, brush and don't think that we need to be saved. We'll, we don't we'll, need to be. We'll come to terms with everything on our own. Like, even like telling a queer Arab who is in the queer Arab community, oh, sorry, in an Arab community, that, oh my God, you really need to come out. Then, if you don't come out, you don't live your life. You're not living your life. Mm -hmm. This is a very, like, just a Western idea of, like, you know, like, um, the whole coming, coming out. out thing. It's It can be done differently. It can be uh, done at different levels or different, like, uh, nuances. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have to be the way that, like, it's envisioned from the Western yeah. culture. Do things on their own you know some people are actually like okay being in the closet for the rest of their lives like that's their own choice like you don't have to force people to come out just because uh if it's your like quota of like western ideals of like, yeah so uh, true um some and some people really do value that that family connection and family upbringing that much it's like yeah your individualistic freedom would be nice but then you would miss out like on hanging out with grandma and the cousins and everyone every sun saturday or sunday and mm -hmm. eating like all this really yummy food that you that's literally not on any arab restaurants menu yeah, yeah. and that you and, know it, yeah and people should have the right to prioritize that and like, and, and family and i think we shouldn't demonize anyone who chooses to be like in or out you know like closet or out like yeah. this over that every person has their own priority and they will might come out whenever they feel comfortable right it's yeah i heard this story in a podcast of a, a guy who came out when he was um i think 50 years old or sorry 60 to his 78 sorry like eight, like old father like 80 something years old and his sister wow. was asking, why are you even coming out? Like, why are you telling him this right now? He's like 85. And he was like, because uh, I have decided I'm doing it for me right now. And this is the right moment. Wow. And, like, and his father just was very supportive. So it just comes like any moment, any time. We shouldn't demonize people who don't want to. We should just yeah. be a safe space for everyone. Mm -hmm. I um, love that. Love some that personal message. experience on this one. Like when I was younger, my grandparents were we're all alive, like on both sides of my family, like I was asked, you know, quite pointedly, do not, you know, come out to the family until after they're dead. And that was kind of like a really hard choice for me. It's like, do I come out to my, both of my beloved grandmothers on both my mom and dad's side who may or may not understand? Or do I keep this connection? And it's like, do I, do I quote, live honestly, or do I, you know, just keep the connection there for the short time it's left. Yeah. So it is not an easy decision. I would say some chose the cowardly route and just said, stayed in the closet, didn't come out to anyone who would possibly clue them in just because, you know, I really just wanted that connection more. Yeah, and that's your right. And neither decision is wrong. And like there are out Arabs all over the world, like Amr Sharif Jr. is out. Yeah. Uh, he just keeps coming up on this podcast. I love it. He should. 
Hamilton uh, knows out. Like it, like yeah. it, it is changing. Um, we actually had uh, a Palestinian comedian come to Halifax, and she personally emailed us. She's like, "Yo, I'm queer. I'm married Whoa. to." Come visit, like come hang out with me at my yeah. show, and She's it's like a Palestinian Canadian yeah. who's married to this Jewish American woman. American woman. Uh, her name is Iman Al Husseini. She's funny. She's amazing. She's great. Uh, yeah, we actually. She was selling those tote bags that has on them, um, "Thank Allah for hummus," and I was. Just, oh my god! It was so beautiful. I still have the bag. <laughs> I know. I saw it. I'm jealous. I forgot yeah. to buy one. So yeah, we 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 we. Oh, wow. Um, we just oh, like what a good connection oh yeah. my god yeah. so we're still gonna come back yeah. man come back yes i hope maybe she'll come to houston oh she has a tour like all around she lives in new york i think uh yeah. i think there's a few queer arab comedians as well like that perform at the arab uh, american or the arab comedy festival yep fun yeah. so we're not alone. Yeah, definitely will check that out. No, we're not. And we keep discovering that. And it's such a relief. Yeah. It's a huge relief. So, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just, I had, a, I have a question for you and uh, just a comment. I'm going to start yeah. with the comment. I'm really grateful that you folks started this podcast. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. And I know that you struggled with some audio issues in the beginning, but I knew that you're going to make it. And it was great. <laughs> Thank you. And, I, and I see how it's growing and evolving at, at the same time. Yes. And it's uh, the connections that this podcast is creating. Like I remember you hosted um, in one of your episodes, um, uh, Iraqi American. Yeah. Killian. Yeah. yeah. I am now connected with him on Facebook and I, and it's great. It's just making these connections. He started the Arabic version of this. Yeah. yeah. The first. Yeah, Exactly. One. It was so nice. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, Killian's amazing. I'm so glad you guys you got connected. Yeah, and I I really have uh, big hopes for this podcast. I, I think it's gonna grow to like become like this big platform for for queer Arabs in North America and beyond. And thank you so much. And that's gonna lead me to my question. Yeah. How do you do it every week? It's a lot. <laughs> It's a, it's very, it is time consuming. It's a lot of effort, but sometimes like, sometimes we'll record two episodes in one week. If we have extra time, time we had that three episodes lined up. That was kind of like a nice quiet month. Yeah. So like there was one week, I think that we recorded three episodes because we had so much time that week. And so that gave us enough material for three weeks. And, um, and so we don't helps. really stress it if we don't have material. We just talk about wherever the heck we want to talk about. Um, yeah. You know, next time we run out of ideas or guests, I might do a like like Arabs and queers in video game discussion. It's obviously going to be like, a very brief one, but it's <laughs> like, mean, it's just like talk about Zelda. <laughs> it's all I play. <laughs> Oh my yeah, God. We Ellie will, loves Zelda. Uh, we will, of course, if we do that, we will, of course, need to discuss the. Uh, Queer coding of the Gerudo and all that good stuff. <laughs> Not my understanding, but yes. <laughs> Just a follow-up question for you. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. So it's um, what 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 would you say like to people like who want to make an impact like you like you are doing right now? Like what um, would be the step that they should take to start yeah. creating platforms like this, like uh, like uh, Leanne did with with the uh, Queer Arms of Halifax and you did with your podcast because we need more spaces like this. We need. I think my first, my first reaction to that is just, just do it. Even if you don't know what you're doing, because that was, that's still us to be honest. Cause it's kind of, we can't keep waiting for someone who we deem to have more knowledge than us to start something because it's, it might not ever happen. And so, I think the main the main thing to to keep in mind is any of us can do this. Like you have you all have the ability to do it. Um, it's not going to be perfect. We're not perfect, and we're never going to be. But like we just started it, and we knew it wouldn't be as good as we wanted it to be at the beginning. I guess also keep in mind that everyone understands that you're human, and that you're going to be learning along the way and people are going to be okay with that. 
whatever it is, whatever it is that anyone's thinking of starting, it could be an online collaborative blog or a podcast or um, like what you you guys are doing up in Halifax have a, a community, like a social group in real life, you know, um, whatever it is, you can do it. And it might even start out super small and feel discouraging at first, but people are going to people are going to hear about it and people are going to be so so happy that the space exists um yeah i'm just gonna be like don't fucking worry about mistakes just do it if you want to do it do it most things especially like in small form media like ours mm -hmm. is eminently doable if you if you want to do a podcast fucking do a podcast you know yeah if you want to stream stream if you want to get on be a youtube star you know start kicking out videos every week just yeah do something you want to do yes and, and don't worry about being bad don't worry about you know your audio equipment sucking don't worry about you yeah. know oh i don't know enough you know just fucking do it one step at a time and yeah like once you get sort of your creative once you sort of get your production process figured out it gets a lot easier like right now like our first two weeks were kind of really rough on the audio as everyone noticed but then we figured out yeah we need a good mic yeah we need but after that we just I got a sort of studio loadout just for this um, podcast created. And all we do now is just like we click the program, we set set up our headphones, and we're good to go. You know, the setup for this episode, like like all I had got home like literally 10 minutes before this episode started, and we had not done any of our software or, or studio setup. And, you know, one click later, and we're fucking ready. Yeah. You know, and that's just what comes with experience. But Basically, I mean, what you're trying to tell me to sum it up is just don't listen to the perfectionist voice in me. Just do it. Yes, exactly. Because it's really hard to overcome that voice. Because that's what that's what made us start this podcast as late as we did. Because we've been kind of thinking about this for at least three months before we started it. Well, a year before we started, we thought very vaguely about the idea. It took us a whole year to even implement it, do anything. Because we both had that voice in our head, like, we don't know what we're doing, so. And who'd want to fucking listen to us talk for yeah, an hour Yeah, who'd want to listen to us fucks? Like, basically, like, my experience, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, how do you run a, a group? Like, Right, yeah, that's a lot to put on yourself. It's just like, but he's got to do it. Yeah, don't, and like I said, just don't be afraid to fuck up, because you will. You will fuck up a lot, and you will fuck up epically at And times. it's okay. If you never fuck up, then people will be like, who are these non people I don't relate to at all, you know? And even if you do fuck up, your cats will still love you. <laughs> In the end. Yeah. It's not cats. I don't have cats. I have dogs. Oh, dogs are great too. Well, I take care of dogs. Oh, yeah. You got the dogs, we got the cat. Well, I would love to have you each individually on someday and like hear more of your individual stories if you're up for it, if you're open mm -hmm. to it. It would be really cool sure yeah i think it'd be great to hear more from uh like individual stories from queer arabs we have like similar upgrade like not really like we have like similar like schooling like we both went to like i went to a really baptist school <laughs> it was i went to like saudi religiously like oh my god yeah so yeah so like we have that like we can like i can also talk about that yeah too. yeah That'd be awesome. Yeah, like you have a lot of parallels, it sounds like. Love our friends. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, can you let our listeners know where they can find you and how they can contact you? Um, so they can email us at queerarabshalifax at gmail.com and or also what's our Twitter handle? So our Twitter, ha Twitter handle is queerarabshfx and I'll send you how we spell our names and stuff like that because... Yeah, I'll send you a couple of links that we mentioned throughout this episode. I already sent them. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got those. So. Um, and this episode will be posted uh, um, July 13th. July... Friday the 13th. Ooh. Ooh. Ah, my lucky <laughs> day. Spooky. No, but uh, it'll be when the, if you're listening to it close to that day, it'll be on our front page. So it'll be super easy to find at thequeerarabs.com. Yes. And we are at, if you want to email us, anyone, the queer Arabs, sorry, the queer Arabs 
at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Queer Arab. So, all right. Thank you all for listening. Thank you both so much for being on. This was wonderful. And I want to thank our cats for being so patient for us. They want to be fed. Mm -hmm.